So hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Return of Ritual online show. I'm your host, Amber Winston. And for those of you who have been listening for a while, you guys know that I'm just wildly passionate about rituals and ceremonies. And upon reflecting about this topic, I've looked back at ancient civilizations, and I really saw that ritual and ceremony was kind of the heart of the community or the culture. And when I look around at our modern Western society, I really feel like there's a void when it comes to ritual and ceremony. And so that's really what's inspired this conversation um, and really my mission to help bring ritual and ceremony back into our modern society. So today I have a phenomenal uh, guest with us. I'd like to welcome Carrie Hummingbird to the show. Thank you for having me here, Amber. This is exciting to support this message. Wonderful. And I want to just um, share a little bit about Carrie with you guys. Um, she's doing a lot of fantastic stuff currently, and I can't wait to dive into today's interview. Um, so Carrie Hummingbird is a soul guide. She's a channel of and embodiment of White Eagle, uh, an ascended master who specializes in rainbow light activation of human DNA. She has served as a social activist, a leader and philanthropist for over three decades. She is the founder of the Skills Not Pills movement and host of the Soul Nectar Show. She is the international bestseller, um, bestselling author of The Second Wave, Transcending Human Drama, and the award-winning bestselling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. So quite remarkable. We're really honored to have you, Carrie. Uh, the first question that I have for you today is kind of a fun one. What is your sign? <laughs> like my astrological sign? Yeah. Um, I'm actually Cancer, and I have a Scorpio moon. So I'm really deep, fiery, and watery. <laughs> so, you know, it's lava. <laughs> it's lava. It's lava or steam. Some people uh -huh. get the steam, but a lot of people get the lava. So, you know, it's that, it's the love, it's the motion, it's the, it's the home, it's the hearth, it's, it's deep caring. Definitely. Do you, it sounds like you resonate with your sign. Yeah, I do. I, I, when I read about it and I, you know, no matter what perspective I look at, it's accurate, you know, especially mm -hmm. all the different ways we have to navigate our personality now, like human design type, absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look at these things based on my birth date. Fantastic. I love it. I love to start off with that question because it's just so, it's so fitting, I find, with each speaker that I'm talking to. It's like, oh yeah, that totally just makes sense. Um, the next question that I have is, I'd love for you to describe for us your ideal morning or evening ritual. Um, I want to kind of know what that looks like, and then I want to dive into how has that changed given our current situation with shelter in place, if there's any differences. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I totally believe in bookends. Bookends is what makes it safe for the aspects of your psycho psychology who either were traumatized or, you know, you could think of like your child selves who don't, do not feel safe. And so ritual in the morning ritual and the evening ritual I found makes it safe. So mine is um, in the morning, I open sacred space. 
um, like you did so beautifully before we began our interview. I open sacred space. I go outside. I um, blow sacred tobacco to the four directions. I ground on the earth with bare feet. It doesn't matter if it's cold as heck outside. I feed her bare <laughs> on the mother earth and I, I ground myself. And for me, it's a moment to remember that I'm not doing this alone, that I have a whole support team, that I've got a lot of supporting guidance and, and that I, I can invite that into my day. And uh, my days go sm more smoothly when I do that. And I do it every day. So I've been doing that for, I don't know, nine years now. <laughs> so a long time. And, um, and my evening ritual is, a, is bath time, bubble bath by candlelight. Um, I find that my little girl really feels safe inside of me when she's, you know, getting those bubbles and the candlelight and it's warm and, and it's much easier to detach from the day and go to sleep afterwards when I've been held in that warm cocoon space. So I give myself that. And sometimes I pray at my altar, you know, so sometimes I'll light the candles at my altar and I'll open the directions again and just, you know, take some moments to, to pray and say, thank you for the day or reflect on the day and release what I need to release before I go to sleep. Mm. I love that you uh, said that in the morning you would ground barefoot regardless of if it's it doesn't hot, matter. Cold, it doesn't matter. And what an, an incredible invitation that is for people who maybe live in, you know, I live in San Diego, so it's, I could probably do that every day. Um, but for people who maybe that's snow, you know, would, would that invitation still ring true? Like get out there and connect. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, it, I live in Texas. And so we, you think we have warm weather all the time, but we have crazy, strange weather patterns where sometimes it's raining and it's cold and the, the it's 30 degrees out. And sometimes we, uh, we get frost, we get the ground so cold that, yeah, and I'm still, I take my moccasins out and then I take my feet off and open sacred space and then I put my feet back in my moccasins and I go back inside. <laughs> so yeah, my feet are cold, but I'm on the earth. That's the most important thing. It is. And then you also said um, to remember you're not alone. So you're, you're really connecting to mother earth, really to remember your connectedness. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about that because I feel, you know, we're, we're talking, we're in the middle of COVID-19, we're in the middle of shelter in place. Um, and so how have maybe your rituals changed a little bit now, given the current circumstances and how is connection even more important for you? Well, it's really important for me because, you know, my body speaks to me and my body lets me know, um, it's reaction, you know, like, so uh, it's my understanding uh, through years of inquiry and myself and, and just navigating the space and alternative health and all of that, that, uh, that I have many different aspects of myself that um, they don't all agree, you know, they don't all agree. And so my body will tell me the truth. It will tell me how I'm really doing when uh, my warrior self picks up and it's like, everything's just fine. I can totally plow through this and it's not a problem. My body tells me, no, that's actually not true. Like some aspects of us are not feeling it, <laughs> you know, like, so for example, like I've had, you know, I've my, you know, all of us have had our instinctive centers just really opened up now. And so that reptilian brain can get really activated. That fight or flight protection brain is really triggered right now. And, and it, it gets re-triggered every single time there's some more news that seems like the world is going to hell or something like, <laughs> like it's, it's kind of freaky to, to see all this content and information when you thought the world was one way and then you start hearing all of these things that the world is actually a combination of things. Like there is really a lot of beauty and then there's some sinister stuff. 
And so that can really trigger a lot of aspects of self. And so the instinctive center opens up. And for me, it's manifesting as like a lot of tightness in my root area, like just real like bunching up, clenching tightness. And so I'm having to stretch a lot, be, spend a lot more time on the earth, really stretch out my inner thighs, really stretch out that whole area, you know, do lots of like pigeon and yoga, like just really get the hips opened up to relax and let the energy flow. And because, you know, my body is clenching, my body is like, this is scary. I don't like it. Yeah. That's an interesting correlation to kind of our chakra system, right? That, you know, the reptilian brain is often very related to our root chakra, right? Which is all safety, security. And so if all of those things are kind of being challenged, um, I think that's really a great way to kind of bring your awareness to that part of your body. And then, like you said, do some, some stretching or some opening to kind of keep the energy moving so that you're not kind of holding on to unnecessary kind of stuff, I'd say. Um, yeah, that's great. Okay. So has, have your rituals changed at all kind of given the current circumstances or are you well, just I'm, rooting into those? I'm rooting into my rituals. I would say that I'm doing it more. So I was spending way more time outside, way more time on the earth. Luckily the weather here has been conducive to that, but I'm definitely outside. I'm on the ground. Mm. You know, I, I, I have a Mesa as you do. And so I'm, I'm actually like working with the Mesa. I've got my Mesa open, you know, on the earth. I'm just spending more time out there. I'll even lie belly to belly with the mother, just like if I'm really feeling it. And because I'm very empathic, as are I'm sure many of the people in your audience, opening up to how much they actually feel and perceive in the collective and with the energy kicked up, you know, um, it, it's your, your attention is definitely there. You know, nobody's missing how tense it is out there in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can bring ourselves into peace, though, you know, by just acknowledging that these are stressful things and giving ourselves support. So for me, it's very supportive to invite Mother Earth into the transmutation of the tension that I'm feeling and release that energy. Like, I don't have to hold it. I'm too small to do anything about the bigger picture. I can, I can stay mindful. I can educate, I can messenger and I can release the energy myself and I can transmute within my own being, you know, as above, so below as within, so without. And so I can be an agent of change within my own body and also a messenger to invite people to change. Um, some of these systems and things that we're, that we're seeing. And, um, you know, so that's the role I can play. And anything I'm holding on to beyond that needs to just be surrendered to bigger forces. These are the ones we invite in when we open sacred space. You know, we invite in the support of the ancestors. We invite in the support of the beings of light. We invite in the support of the star nations because, you know, the, the bigger picture is that we're just, we're, we're a very important part of this puzzle, but we're just one piece. We don't have to shoulder the whole load. Mm. Absolutely. And that reminded me um, earlier this week, I was actually taking a bath myself. And I love how that's one of your bookend rituals that in the evening, you kind of get into that cocoon and you just, you know, nurture yourself. And I was actually in the bathtub and I was kind of sitting with these feelings that you're describing, kind of like the tightness, like fear, the worry, the anxiety, and also a little bit of the, the guilt and the shame, like, shouldn't you be being more productive right now? Like you're just kind of sitting in the bathtub, you know, that whole masculine drive kind of kicked in. And as I decided I would stay in the tub until all the water drained out. And as the water was draining and I was still laying there and it was going down 
um, very slowly, you know, kind of leaking down. I, I asked that any of that kind of fear, worry, anxiety, um, shame or guilt that I was kind of feeling in my energy body, that it would just completely go down with the water through the drain and away from me. And I stayed till the very end till all the water kind of left out and I was just laying in the tub. Um, but that to me was another symbolic way of how can we be very present with these feelings that we have in our body? How can we be doing little things, little ceremonious little things to kind of let them go? Whether that's go out, lay on the earth, tummy down and cry, you know, it can be different for everybody. Um, but I think there is such an invitation now to one, be super aware uh, that your body is speaking to you. And so many of us live outside of our bodies. So I think it's a great kind of reminder for us to get in tune with how is our body feeling. And then, um, you know, really just if you're feeling any of those things, how can you start to use rituals or ceremonies to help transmute them? Yeah. And this is really the point of this virus to begin with is that when you start to understand Chinese medicine and that different organs have different functions and, you know, and then you know the so, you know, as above, so below and as within, so without and the macro and the micro, then you start to put all the pieces together. So let me just like connect some dots here that I've connected, which are really helps people understand like the why, why is this happening? So the lungs, our lungs um, hold all of our grief and all of our unforgiveness, all the unresolved stuff from our lives and from not only ours, but our ancestors, because we have ancestral DNA, all this stuff that they couldn't forgive in their lifetime, or they couldn't resolve, or they couldn't come to conclusion on, the stuff that they're still, you know, grudges, I mean, grief, anger, you know, well, anger is sort of a different part, but like grudges and grief and all of that, there's so much grief in the human experience. and and our ancestors have been through it I and mean, they have been through some tough stuff and we have as well in our lifetime. And if we haven't come to the place where we could forgive and release it, it's stored in the lungs. So now comes along this little virus. And, and of course there's lots of conspiracy theories on the smaller level about how this thing got in, you know, created and released into the world and all of this kind of stuff. Right. At the bigger picture, we're all part, of Pachamama, Mother Earth. We are all agents and aspects of the consciousness of Pachamama, Mother Earth. And so anything that we're inspired to do in the world is an aspect of the consciousness of Mother Earth. So at the biggest picture, Mother Earth is calling the shots. So an agent of Mother Earth potentially somehow created this virus and set it loose, right? So it doesn't really matter in this big picture why they chose to do it. The bigger picture is on a planetary level, we are releasing karma. We are moving out of the, these dark ages that we've been in and we're moving into the age of Aquarius. We can't take all that heaviness with us where we're going. It's just our light bodies cannot hold all that density and heaviness. So the people that wanna go with us, they need to purge the stuff out of their lungs. It needs to be cleared. Many of us have been working on this proactively. That's part of the second wave conversation. We've proactively already been working on clearing that stuff out. But if there's a lot of people who haven't, right? <laughs> like most of the population. Yep. So they're getting this to help them clear it out of their lungs, get it out, release it. And yeah, some people are being taken with it. So 
this is a huge clearing, you know, I mean, not every cell in a body lives, not every cell makes it, not every white blood cell is successful. So, you know, it's hard to hear that because we so value human life. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that those of us that are really feeling the value of human life and it's, there's a bigger orchestra happening. There's a movement happening and we all signed up for this. What do you mean by that? Well, we all signed up to be here at this time. You know, I mean, I truly, I am, I am realigned into, um, I am consciousness and um, through the power of this work and through the power of um, all the spiritual work that I've done, I am aligned to the knowledge that I am sovereign. I am a divine co-creator embodied in a body. And I have a personality, you know, I have an ego self, but, but I'm a divine creator. I'm here at this time. And so therefore I'm choosing to have this experience and everything that's happening is happening for the choice that I made. It's happening to help me to manifest the overall big decision I made, which was to be here and ascend my consciousness during this time. So I'm not at all in the victim consciousness anymore. And I realize that is still really prevalent on the planet. And the invitation is to use this coronavirus and this epidemic and, the, and this stay in place to shift your consciousness, whatever degrees you can, into the awareness that you're not a victim and that this is happening for you. Okay, so let's think about that. So if the majority of people are in the victim mindset of this is happening to me, not for me, and they're in that kind of fight or flight defensive energy field, which I would like to probably call lower vibrational energy, um, what is the invitation for them if they're, if they're, they're open? They're like, you know, I'm, I'm open to learning. I want to get up to the higher vibration. I want to really believe that this is happening for me, not to me. What's the invitation for those people? How do we kind of extend our hand and, and lift them up? Well, I, I'm pretty sure you heard Alberto Vialdo talk about this, you know, is that we, the invitation is to change your perspective. Whether it's, whether it's true or not, it doesn't really matter. If it empowers you and it makes you feel more empowered to move forward in your life through the circumstance that you're faced with, does it really matter? So the invitation is to what would, you know, consider how would I feel? What would I do if I was a sovereign co-creator, a divine presence in a body? How would I face this challenge? What's in this challenge for me growth-wise to work on? And so you can do a ritual with this, actually. There's rituals for everything, you know. So I, I think opening sacred space is one of the first ones because that's inviting the possibility that you have a soul, you know, and that yeah. there's support, okay? So we got to first invite it. If you don't invite it, you know, then it can be blocked your whole life if you choose. You could never open that magical door and discover things about yourself. So you have to have to be willing to let go of your identity and the way you think it is in order to open the magic door and find out something new. Because if you think you know, then you'll never learn anything new. So that's rule number one. You got to toss out what you think you know and open this door and open sacred space. And my clients tell me when they first start doing it, they're like, I feel so stupid. <laughs> like, I'm just standing opening sacred space. I don't, I don't know that it's doing anything. That's okay. Keep doing it. Do it for long enough that your brain starts to relax into the possibility. And, and then you can, you can actually 
just give yourself the task of looking at the various aspects of how this coronavirus has affected your life, positive and negative. Like give yourself a balanced view, right? Like, okay, like you were talking before the show, positives, I don't have to drive anywhere. I can work from home. So I get to re-architect my day, which allows me to slide some things in that are my passion work. Well, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe some of the people who are like, well, I lost my job. Okay, well, look at that. I lost my job. Now let's explore that. Did that job light you up? Did you actually love that job? Is that really the job you wanted? Or was that the job you were doing because you didn't know what else to do and you didn't have the time to stop and consider what you would like to do instead? Oh, well, then it's for you, isn't it? Because you just got redirected very strongly out of a job that doesn't serve you and into a new possibility to consider how to do something different with your life that's more aligned with your desires and your passions, right? So, okay, so in, inherent in every, like, I don't like this is something new. And it happens for me too. It's just that I learned to move through it quicker because I've, I've navigated. So it's like a brain pathway. So when we, when we do the exercise of the piece of paper with like positives, negatives, and then the negatives, we go and explore and see if there's any positives inside those negatives. When we do that exercise, we start to retrain our default brain mechanism into a, a new neural pathway that says, oh, there might be some gold inside this change that would make it for me and then I could convince myself to move forward in a new direction, to fall forward. Yeah. So this is just, this is just an invitation to a whole nother way of looking at the situation. Like exactly what I was saying, you know, because my brain now works in this way, immediately I was open to invitation on a new perception about this virus rather than it's just keeping me home. And then I opened a meditation and the information came through, Carrie, what are the lungs? And I was like, oh, what are the lungs? And so then I went and looked it up again because I thought I knew, but just to double check. And I was like, oh yeah, they're grief. Oh, well, okay, well that makes sense. And now because I have this new understanding, I'm much more in acceptance on the global impact of this because I see, what's, I see the relevance of it. I see this is what's happening. Okay, I can accept that. Yeah, it's so powerful. And, and I, I've too done some research into kind of Chinese medicine and the different organs. And um, I, I think the liver is also anger. Yes. You know, so I've done some, I've done some work kind of clearing out my liver as well. Um, and, and I really do feel that there's such a, a strong ancestral tie to all of this. Um, and, and just like you said, even in our lifetimes, people have experienced severe grief and loss and tragedy, but then look back, you know, a couple thousand years, like what have we endured and what's still kind of in our DNA and in our bodies. Um, and so I, I definitely would agree that I think that globally we're kind of going through a, a, a purge, you know, if I was to be completely frank um, of, of people who maybe their time is done here and, and that's a bold statement, um, but I'm going to go out and live and say it uh, and and I really do believe that is for uh, the up-leveling that is happening for humanity. Um, yeah, I, got, I will confirm you. I will just say that I, I got a similar download. <clears throat> I got a couple of downloads I'll share. One download was that um, this is a, if you go to the community swimming pool, <laughs> 
there's adult swim. And at some point, the children need to get out of the pool, right? And in, in this sense, the children I'm speaking about are the younger souls. You know, we live in a one school, one room classroom on earth, one room classroom, all ages represented, soul ages. So there's soul ages, just like there's human ages. There's baby souls, there's toddler souls, there's teenage souls, there's adult souls. There's, you know, there's souls at different levels of their, their incarnations. Like there's souls that have had hundreds of thousands or millions of lifetimes and there's souls that have only had, you know, maybe like a hundred, right? So, so each of us is kind of coming at this earth experience with, with whatever level of experience we're having. And we're all learning because we're all getting matched together. So we're all learning our lessons, right? Together. So it's just a, it's an ingenious system to have us all learning from each other. And then you can't tell how old somebody is like soul age because you're just looking at their body and you're like, you know, so, so we're all equal in that way. So it's great. It's a, it's a great equalizer. Everybody's equal and everybody's sovereign. So we get back to the sovereignty. Everybody is sovereign. If, if a soul doesn't feel like they want to have the lessons we're about to have on earth of turning the Titanic around, you know, that they don't have to have those lessons. If that is too much for them to go through the things that we're about to go through on this planet, then grace says, let them go. Grace says, let them pass beyond the veil and observe from outside the system and not have to feel everything. It's a lot. As you guys know, you're in a body. We have to feel this and this overwhelming sometimes to feel all of this and all of humanity will be brought back to feeling during this time. That's a lot to feel. And some people are, some souls are just not, they just don't want to do that. And then potentially if they're in an older body, they might want to come back in fresh. Like they might want new hardware, new software, you know, they might want to come in in a back in in a body that's more fresh. So, <clears throat> you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this is happening. And I'd like that you said purge because that leads me to my second download that I got. I participate in, you know, I've, I have participated in plant medicine ceremony. And so I understand the construct of ceremony and I understand the construct of, of the phases, you know, inviting in the winds of the east, inviting in the winds of the south, inviting in the winds of the west, inviting in the winds of the north. And, and each of those energies brings new healing to us. Each of those energies brings new wisdom to us. And when your mind is open because the plant is assisting you out of your egoic self, you can receive that guidance so much easier, you know, and mm -hmm. you can really, you know, get some good healing. And in, in an ayahuasca ceremony, people often purge because the most efficient way to change consciousness when you want to make a rapid change is to take that content and get it out of you you know and so I mean I've had this happen to me I had a 20-year relationship that was really really challenging I learned a lot from it but there was a lot of karma and I ended up getting a cyst on my right ovary from that marriage that was like the size of a Texas grapefruit okay it was huge and I couldn't even bend over like I was trying to do yoga postures and I'm like what is that thing on my side and <laughs> bend over so um, I actually had a Reiki person come and check that out. And she's like, that's all your marriage. Like, that's like you, 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 like somehow your consciousness put it all there. <laughs> okay. So she just helped me to get all the rest of it in there. And then when I had my operation, they took it out and I was the happiest person in the, re in the, in the recovery room. The nurses were like, nobody's ever this happy. What's the matter with you? <laughs> like because you just took out my karma from my marriage, like in one fell swoop, like it's gone. gone. Yeah. Bam. 
So we can purge things out through, you know, I learned this through energy healing that we can take energy out and it's gone forever. Like you take mm -hmm. that suffering out and you just remove it. You recycle it, you give it to the earth. So the same thing happens in an ayahuasca ceremony. You purge, you throw it up or you go pee or whatever. Same thing as if you're, you, you're, um, let's say you're having trouble speaking your truth and then your throat gets that weird froggy thing and then you cough it up. That's the energy. <laughs> that's actually the energy. You think it's just phlegm. That's some piece of consciousness that says, I can't speak my truth. And you just spat it out. You got rid of it. You said, okay, that piece I'm done. I just love this so much because I, <laughs> I, I felt at times when I've gone through personal purging, whether it be, I, I throw up during a menstrual cycle or, you know, something is leaving my body. It's amazing how much I quickly turn to, oh God, that was horrible. Like, oh, why, you know, something must be wrong with me. Like, why am I throwing up? It's like, oh gosh, like this is the worst thing ever. As opposed to, oh, my body was energetically purging something that no longer served it. Like that just has a whole different feel for me with way less like guilt and shame, like something's wrong. You know what no, I mean? You're actually ready for it. Like, yeah. I mean, you're happy about it. Like I don't actively encourage it. You know, I'm no. not like going in like, woohoo, let me throw up today. I don't feel that way. But I know that if it happens, there's such a sense of relief. It's like, oh, whatever that piece was, I don't even know. What to, I don't need to know what it was. I don't need to know. It's gone. Yay. Yes. yes. And you yeah. always feel better afterwards. You know? I feel like and so much better now. Like, cool. It's done. Whatever that was. I don't need to know. I'm not bringing it back. I am just happy it's, it's moved on. Totally. Yeah. Wow. What a great perspective. Um, okay. So we have just a couple minutes left, but I do want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your book, The Second Wave, um, Transcending the Human Drama. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about that book, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So roundabout... Um, February 2019, which is a little over a year ago, I got a message in a meditation, you're going to write a new book. And I said, okay, what, what's it called? The second wave. And I said, what the heck is that? <laughs> so I was guided to Dolores Cannon um, to go research her again. And a friend of mine had been giving me her books, The Convoluted Universe, for years and kind of pushing these thick books on me. And I was like, uh, I would try to read them and I would fall asleep. So I wasn't ready for that information. But she actually had um, devised this, um, this hypnosis, this really deep hypnosis technique called quantum healing hypnosis technique. And she teaches people how to do it. And she's now departed, but her daughter is, has taken on the work. So QHHT brings you into a state where the practitioner can ask questions of your soul self and get answers. And so during this in, um, interviewing of all of these different people in, in hypnosis using this method, she found out that they started talking about the first wave, I'm part of the second wave, and there were all these people were talking about this. And she's like, what, what is that? You know, what's the first wave? What's the second wave? And the answer was that they were volunteers from other parts of the galaxy that came to earth to embody as human and assist in the up-leveling of human consciousness by embodying and healing from the inside out. And so this book, The Second Wave, is about that. So um, my guides reminded me about that. I, I went, directed me back to YouTube to watch the short video where she explained it. And then I stopped looking at anything else and I just start channeling. And so the information that came through um, from my, my primary guide, White Eagle, uh, my, my soul self, is that, um, is that I'm, I'm somehow um, a messenger of the second wave. And so I'm here to make sure that people wake up from um, the first part of their journey 
who have come for the second wave. Because a lot of people who are part of the second wave had very challenging beginnings or really difficult things that then presented themselves and then they had to work through it and they had to, you know, they were presented by odd situations that were really intense or, you know, just big things happened that needed clearing or did big ancestral clearing like you were doing with your property, like just out of the blue, like I didn't know I was supposed to do this and all of a sudden you're like clearing a whole space. <laughs> like, how did I know how to do that? good part of the second wave. So, so these people needed to have already done the work. So a lot of these people have a big call to purpose. They're like, oh my gosh, I need to do my purpose. I feel like the time is now. And anybody in the second wave has been hearing the time is now, the time is now, the time is now for like, oh, the last three or four years. <laughs> yes. <I can> <laughs> <Okay>. Like <laughs> the time is now, the time is now. I'm feeling like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to help? Mm -hmm. I don't know like and getting worried you know like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing but it's really big and I need to do it like right now mm -hmm. so you're part of the second wave if you've been hearing those urgent calls okay so um the the book is really to help to elevate to the level of conscious mind the plan that we all agreed to before we came in that's it it's just it just reminds you of what you already know, the thoughts that have already been coming to your mind. You probably like some of them, you go, that sounds far-fetched. And you just went like, mm. so go read the book. And then as you see those messages in the book, you'll say, oh my God, that's exactly how I felt. I remember, I remember feeling that way. Oh yeah. And it's just a confirmation. It's a validation of what you already know to bring it back up to the level of conscious mind. Because a conscious co-creator knowing herself, knowing himself is a very powerful force in the world. And we need that activated right now. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. I seriously can't wait to read it. Um, and let's just pause for one second, Carrie. I want to make sure that I don't lose this. I need to get my charger. Okay. Yeah. Such a rookie move. <laughs> totally fine. I, no worries. I've done, I've done a lot of things in my time interviewing. <laughs> Gives me a chance. Thank to God that we have, we can edit these things. Um, totally. Okay. So you just talked about the book. Fantastic. Um, so I feel like for anybody who, who has probably been feeling the same call that I know that I've been feeling for the last couple of years, you know, really this like voice in the back of my head saying, you know, the time is now, Amber, like there's more for you. You, you know what you need to do. Stop hiding, stop making excuses, you know, step out and do what you're here to do. Um, that takes courage. That takes so much courage. So how, Carrie, what would you recommend for anybody who is like, oh, you know, I kind of feel like maybe I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing or, I definitely feel like I'm having a spiritual awakening or I'm drawn to these things. What's something that we could advise them that they can do to kind of say yes or take one step? Like what, what kind of words of encouragement would you like to share with somebody who's kind of in that position? Yeah. So let's just say, take a look out into the world at all the shadow being exposed at all the things we now know, or on the verge of knowing 
about things that have been happening on this earth under the surface. You know, it doesn't take very much to go poke around and find some bad stuff. Okay. So go find some of that and, and just your own, your own experience of life and kind of how people are, you know, up until now, maybe not quite as hard open as you'd like, or maybe fighting and not understanding each other, or maybe being kind of, you know, placing money above people, you know, all those things, right? The earth being hurt and all of this. And ask yourself, do you want to align to that world and fit in to that world? Or do you want to be brave and courageous and a pioneer and establish a whole new world with higher values and integrity than the one you've been living in? And once you make that decision to either be part of the world that's, that's kind of poisonous or to be part of a world that's got lots of nectar, like you were talking about earlier, you got to make the choice. Do you, want, do you want the poison and keep fitting into that, which doesn't serve humanity, it doesn't serve the earth, doesn't serve the plants or the animals. You want to keep fitting into that. Or you want to fit into the world of nectar where we learn to love each other we learn to be one with all that is. We learn to, you know, love nature, love the animals, love the plants and be part of that. If you want to be part of this world, you're going to be crazy in this world. If you want to be part of this nectar world, the poison world is going to call you crazy. But crazy in an insane world equals sane. Just do the math. If the world is insane, then crazy actually equals sane. So you just got to know that and, and have patience for people that are in a mindset that was created out of domination, control, and darker energies, you know, yeah. darker use of energy. A darker use of energy is using your power, and it's called sorcery, It's using your power to influence other people through fear and control to self-fulfill the prophecy of what it is that you want to manifest for yourself. It's, it's, it's putting other, it's, it's making other people do your will because you convinced them and deluded them into doing it. That's sorcery. And there's a whole lot of sorcery in the poison world that we're leaving. So if you want to have the nectar world, then you got to step into co sovereign co-creatorship. You've got to realize yourself as, as a very important part of the I am presence and as a sovereign being of light. You've got to realize yourself as that. And of course, this world's going to call that crazy because they don't want you to step into your personal power. Right. They want you to stay a slave. <laughs> so which one do you want? Do you care what people that want you to be a slave think you're crazy or say about you? No. You go over here to the nectar. <laughs> and if you, as you go here, like, just, just say, just take my journey. I was 20 years in high tech. I worked for technology. I, I, I worked for a lot of people that were very um, focused on making money for profit and over people because they just make people work these crazy long hours at startup companies. And, and um, I survived that <laughs> world. And then I had my awakening, okay? And then I started realizing through the power and experience of spirit that there was something very sacred possible in this life. And I was experiencing it. And once I experienced it, I knew that that was the most important thing there is. There isn't anything more important than that. 
So pretty soon I changed my name because I wanted my frequency to be in alignment with my true self. And so uh, the vision I had of Hummingbird was very clear to me. That is, I'm a messenger. This is who I am. And so I changed my name to Carrie Hummingbird on Facebook first. All my friends thought I was freaking crazy, you know. And then a couple years later, I did it on LinkedIn. And that was a huge risk because people could have really been like, that woman has lost her marbles. They probably did have conversations about me. I'm sure they still do. The point being, not just five years after I did that, I'm I have a number one best-selling book. Mm-hmm. It's been on the charts for over nine months in five countries. So it's worked out. I can't promise that for everybody, but I can say if enough of us choose the world of nectar and enough of us choose to embody in our I am presence and to know ourselves in truth, we will change this world. So what I'm going to say to kind of pile on to this, uh, you know, if you, if you do kind of join and believe that you are sovereign co- uh, co-creator, a sovereign co-creator, that's going to take some courage and some boldness. And, and I say this from my own experience in the sense that you're going to have to start speaking up for yourself. You're going to have to start making different decisions and following through with them. Uh, and, and that takes courage, right? Because you're going back out into a world that has been kind of monopolized and controlled. Um, you know, the masculine qualities have been rewarded far much more than say the feminine, especially in a corporate structure. Um, And so the invitation really is having that awareness that you are sovereign, you are a co-creator, you want to be a part of the nectar world, and then you need to act on it. And what I mean by that, maybe a personal example would be, you know, when I, when I head back to my job, which I I do enjoy, um, you know, maybe I'm not going to go in when I have my menstrual cycle, right? So maybe I'm going to stay home for those three days and work remotely, but, or maybe I take a vacation day for a day or two, and I'm going to allow my body to rest. You know, that would be an example of, for me personally, really embracing my feminine energies, my feminine qualities, and showing up in a world in a new way that I've always wanted to do, but I felt so controlled by the, the system to, I felt I didn't even have the power to do that. Right. And so that's just a little example that I shared an invitation that I shared to anybody who's listening to this to really take a stand for what are those new ways? How do you want to show up in the new world? What does your new world look like? What are you dreaming into being? And then really act upon it. Have that courage inside. Absolutely. And I also want to say, once you start going, there's no turning back. So this is sort of like the red pill. (laughs) Once you take the red pill in the matrix, there isn't, there's no going back. You already know what you know, and you can't go back to being ignorant now. So that is what happens on this journey is that you step out. And once you step out over the threshold, you're in, you're in it. And, but that's a good thing because there's a lot of people stepping over the threshold and being brave and courageous right now and choosing to not keep supporting a system that is imbalanced toward the very, very rich and toward these corporate interests that destroy the earth. So we really need to step out now with our sovereign co-creatorship and we need to start to understand the actual support that is here for us now when we tap into the divine within us and all around us. There's huge support. I really feel that. It's 
yeah, it's so, so incredible. Um, when we take this kind of back to, to ritual or to ceremony or, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are wondering like, what's the new world going to look like? Or, you know, what do I do now that I've listened to this and I, you know, I want, I want all of these things. Like, you know, what is something really tangible that we can give our listeners um, that maybe have resonated with our messages? Is there any sort of a ritual or ceremony or something that they can do you know certainly I think reading your book would be a first uh, great step but maybe there's something that is on your heart carrier that you want to kind of channel down and through for our audience of like one final message or try this you know today yeah absolutely one of the things I do in community and ceremony with people is um, well I do two different rituals uh, one ritual is from the Carol people in uh, Peru, as you know, mm-hmm. it's called despacho and it's a prayer ceremony. And I do that on the full moon and the new moon. So I think it's really good to have new moon and full moon rituals where you actually take the time several hours to just be in spiritual contemplation about, um, you know, what are some things that you've been doing up until now that you invite the winds of the West to help you release? Like, okay, I, I admit this. I see myself doing this. It doesn't serve me anymore. I'm willing to release it and just take that time to admit it. And then that's also a space. Once we've cleared space, we have space for new dreams to come in. So we, we can't just keep filling up our bucket with everything. You know, at some point we've got to let some stuff go to put more stuff in the bucket. So that's a ceremony that I really enjoy that I personally practice and I invite anybody to it because I often do them live, you know, so I invite people to join me. Um, you can find more information about it just by checking in with me or at my website, but I also do drum journey and drum journey is something you can do for yourself and drum journey actually the indigenous people understood that the drum beat at a certain, a certain beat with your little handheld drum you can actually bring your brain out of um, fight or flight, out of beta brain into alpha and theta states where the dreaming starts. Those are the dreaming states. And you can relax your brain using this drum beat and you can bring yourself into trance. And trance is the space where you open that magic doorway to your higher guidance and to all your spirit guides to give you insights and visions and knowings and information. And so the shamanic drum journey is a powerful way to get those new visions and new guidance about what, you know, how do you, what should you be doing? So you can get your own drum and learn how to drum it, you know, you can participate in a drum journey, you can get um, drum journey, Sandra Ingerman has a bunch of them on iTunes, it's it's an album called Soul Journeys, it's a really good one, little 15 minute drum journeys. So you can, you can do that and, and set an intention, you know, so before you start drumming or before you pop in the drum journey song, you just set an intention, you open sacred space and you say, okay, spirit guides, I, I, I want to see what's new for me. I want to see my next step or whatever your intention is and then relax and start drumming or pop in the music and just see what happens, you know, open to the mystery. Ooh, that sounds so exciting. <laughs> it's fun. I first got my first drum and I thought, oh, this drum is too big for me because it's such a, it's a big, deep bass drum and, but I own it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Totally mine. 
and I'm really good at it. I opened a magic door for people in drum journeys. It's like people take these crazy journeys. We'll all be, I bring everybody on a guided journey and we go down like this stairway through their heart and all this kind of stuff happens. And I bring them to Alcingate in Peru and I give them like the shamans come and give them healings. We talk to the mountain, they see the jaguar, like the whole thing. And then we go on a journey with the rainbow keeper and like everybody's on this, they all see that. And then they, they're like, I saw the jaguar. I saw the shaman. I saw that. I'm like, that is the coolest thing. <laughs> like, so amazing. You guys were all with me. That's amazing. And then they go off on their own journeys. It's the coolest thing. And then afterwards, the thing about doing it in person, I do these drum journeys in Austin. So if you, ever, you guys ever visit Austin, you're mm-hmm. welcome to come. But it's so awesome because then after the journey, everybody shares a little piece of their story, a little piece of their journey with each other, which is also really cool because a lot of times there's little points of synchronicity. Yep. It's oh, so fun. So fun. Carrie, you were doing so many fun things out there. Um, I, I'm gonna link I am. To, I'm going to link to Carrie's website so you guys can check out, you know, her retreats, definitely her book. And certainly if you live in Austin, I would highly recommend kind of attending one of these, um, these sacred gatherings on maybe the full moon or the new moon. I think that what a fantastic invitation. And then you're inspiring me too, because here I am in San Diego and, um, you know, I you could do this. I, Amber. I could be, yeah, I could definitely, I was for a period of time offering uh, full moon fire ceremonies here at our house. Um, and, you know, now of course it's probably a little bit more challenging, but yeah, you've definitely inspired me to open that back up to the public and you know, just kind of gather. It's so important. I recommend it. Okay. We're all, we're going to call Amber to task now. <laughs> I know. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Carrie, it's been so awesome chatting with you. I feel like there's been so many great nuggets that we've kind of uncovered in our, in our sacred time together. Um, I'm definitely going to link to Carrie's information uh, in the show notes so you can get a hold of her. And I think we'll just wrap up with, um, you know, anything else that's on your heart that you just want to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I want to make an offering if that's okay. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. So um, White Eagle gave me a game that people can play because he's, he likes to play. So there's a, it's an Oracle game and the love mastery game. The love mastery game is so fun. And you can get yourself a little eight-sided die, you know, that looks like this. And that way you can roll the die, okay. which is even more fun. So you have these little slips you print out. You can print all this out from my website. It's free. It's at carriehummingbird.com forward slash play. You can just print it out. It's all free. But there's little slips and you ask your question. I desire help with this inquiry today. And then you roll the dice to see what allies come. Like, okay, who's my major ally and who's my minor ally? Oh, okay, the Star Nations. Oh, tobacco, yay. And you roll the die. And then you look and see what medicine they're offering you because every ally has medicine, right? So, okay, what medicine are they giving me for my challenge? And then you, you, you do like your mastery principle and your state of being because we're all learning about love right now. We're all learning about love. So there's states of being that we're practicing, like how to be in presence, how to be in peace, how to be in gratitude. And there's mastery, you know, we're, we're practicing how to, how to claim and own it. You know, we're practicing lots of mastery principles. So when you know all that information, it's a lot health, more helpful to see how it's for you, right? We talked about that. You can see how this is for you once you play this game. So you, you can get you out yourself out of victim consciousness and go, oh, I'm learning a lesson. My soul made this happen for me. Okay. And then you can get to the work of learning the lesson, which makes it all easier and go away faster. <laughs> side, great. side benefit. It goes away faster. <laughs> yeah. Quick purge. Quick purge. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for that that generous offer. And I'll certainly be checking it out myself. And, you know, maybe I'll have to order an eight-sided die on Amazon because I don't think I have Yeah, you got to order them. Yeah. I, I don't have like a, you know, gift version yet. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> haven't gotten to the productization part of it yet. I just wanted to offer the game for free and get it out there. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carrie. This has been a true honor and joy chatting with you. Um, thank you so much for being on the Return of Ritual again. Many blessings. Thank you, Amber. And thank you everybody out there. Blessings to everybody.